Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we got some Packers news. Um, the Packers officially named Joe Barry their defensive coordinator and Maurice Drayton their special teams coordinator. Um, so we just wanted to kind of fill people in because... There was a lot to be made of Jim Leonard. I know a lot of people were pulling for Jim Leonard, but um, I think there's some silver lining here aside from the obvious fact that Wisconsin gets to keep Jim Leonard, um, even though he did make it into the second round of interviews with the Green Bay Packers. But uh, Jake, I'll let you start. Um, Let's talk about Joe Barry, the new defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Well, like you said, a lot of people were disappointed about Leonard not coming over. And I remember last week when we were talking about it, I was kind of, me personally, I I didn't want him to come because I wanted him to stay at Wisconsin because a big part of me wants Wisconsin to stay good and our defense is what makes us good right now. So part of me is sad that he's not coming over. Part of me is happy that, you know, it is what it is. Um, LaFleur said he made this decision because he wanted the experience and Joe Barry, obviously, been in the NFL for a long time. He was a D coordinator with the Lions and Washington. And in both situations, he had very little talent. So I, I don't take a lot away from, you know, those statistics because he didn't have very good teams. Um, I do one thing that I really do like. And on last week's episode, I said that if I could pick somebody, I'd pick Vic Fangio to be our defensive coordinator. And it sounds like Joe Barry's going to run a version of the Vic Fangio defense, which I'm a really, really big fan of. I think that will help us create more pressure and will help us not run zones where we're eight yards off the line of scrimmage on a third and two. So that's two things that I'm very, very excited for. What do you got, buddy? So the the Vic Fangio thing, for those of you who don't know, is a system run by the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, so their defense, you know, it's – pretty much what's kept their team afloat the last five seasons or more. But um, so that's, that's the style of play that the Packers want to run. What I took from this based on um, things that Joe Barry has said, he was on a Rams podcast last year. He was the Rams linebackers coach last year. Um, He said, what it's evolved to is speed, quickness, and athleticism you got to be able to run every position on the field in 2020 football. So this is something based on what he says and what LaFleur has said about him and the way that they want to do this stuff, um, plus the coaches that he's worked with. He's worked with Sean McVay. He's worked under Monty Kiffin, Wade Phillips, uh, Brandon Staley, who was um, – one of the Rams coaches who got hired to be the head coach of this, uh, I almost said San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. We all um, make that mistake from time to time. I know. I know. <laughs> it's still still got to get used to it. Um, yeah. But in all those systems with all those coaches, they've all run three, four defenses. So that's nothing new mm-hmm. with him. And while you mentioned that he didn't have very good talent when he was a defensive coordinator, was that when he was a linebacker's coach, 
he did have talent and the teams that he coached had very, very good linebackers. So that's yep. something um, he was a Tampa Bay's linebacker coach from 2001 to 2006. And they won the Super Bowl in 2002. And Derek Brooks was a Tampa Bay linebacker who won defensive player of the year that year. Um, when he was in LA with the Rams, they took Corey Littleton, who was undrafted, an undrafted free agent, and in his second year with the team, he was a pro bowler. So that, that to me, gives me excitement for guys like Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes to see what he can do with them, as well as a guy like Rashawn Gary, who started to break out, and you know his ceiling is very, very high. So with with Joe Barry, I'm I'm excited for like you mentioned the experience that he has, um, mm-hmm. the experience that he has with a three four defense, which fits what the Packers are doing. So yes, I would sir. say it's pretty much locked in that the Packers are going to stay a three four D, um, and then he's got tons of league experience. Um, yeah, that, that was what I was going to say too. That's probably why you know, LaFleur went with him. It's because he – LaFleur wants to just be able to run the offense, right? Mm-hmm. So he could just be like, hey, Joe, you got the defense. You know, that's what he was trying to do with Mike. And obviously, you know, we saw a couple times last year where LaFleur kind of had to step up and say something about the defense, and he doesn't want to do that, and I don't blame right. him. No, well, he's an offensive-minded coach. I mean, he brought yeah. that, that West Coast offense to the Packers, and, um, you know, the offense is humming. So I don't think there's any problems with the offense at all. Right. But it seems, though – <clears throat> is that the Packers offense is bad as um it's made on pre-snap motion. So there's a lot going on. You know, you you get the defense confused, you know, are we gonna run? Are we gonna pass? Are we gonna play action? Um it seems like the way that they talk about um, like I said, Barry talked about speed, quickness, athleticism, being able to play every position. Um the Rams had safeties that could kind of slide up into that linebacker area. It seems like that, based on the way that they talk about wanting to disguise coverages, is that they want the defense to run in like a similar mindset that the offense runs, where you don't want to know what the defense is doing. So the Rams had times last year where their defense would be in zone, but Jalen Ramsey would be locked onto one guy and be playing man-to-man. Yeah. So you'd have like a a 10-man zone and then a one-on-one with Jalen Ramsey versus the other team's wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So while, you know, if you motion a receiver across the field and Jalen Ramsey goes with him and you're thinking, oh, they're in man-to-man. But then the rest of the defense is playing zone coverage. That's the kind of thing that can throw a team off. And that's something I think the Packers want to do with their defense as it shows that it works very well with their offense. Yeah. Um, So that's... You know, I'm excited for it. It's not a it's not a sexy choice. Um, you know, it's not Jim Leonard. They didn't, you know, um, go grab Wade Phillips, who's like 85 years old. Um, so we'll see what happens. Well, the, with people people weren't really impressed when we grabbed the floor, right? People right. had their questions and their concerns about that too. And now we're two years later, and he's what 26 and six, 26 and seven. Yep. I just want to say that I am still very, very happy that we did not bring in Josh McDaniels. Man. Uh, There's a reason he hasn't left New England. He should have left New England. Well, he he did one time when he went with Denver, I guess. But they were terrible. And then ever since then, he hasn't hasn't left again. He (laughs) Obviously, he's not very good. He, I think part of him, too, thinks that he's going to get the head coaching job when Belichick retires. 
but you know okay. that's not a that's not a highly desirable job either. I don't think. Um, so while we're still on the defensive coordinator, um, one last thing is that um, I read a lot about his former coaches talking about him getting this job. Um, that they praise his passion and that he like actually cares about his players. Not saying that most defensive coordinators don't, but like um, Joe Barry's um, talked about how um, his former coaches talk about how like he, he greets every player individually as they come into practice, stuff like that. Like he checks in with his players. Like um, he seems to really, really care about his players. Um, So that's, that's something that, that stands out as, you know, as you, as you would call a player a good locker room guy, that's mm-hmm. the kind of guy you have in a coach like that. Um, so just had a question come in. Um, Kevin King had a bad game, but what are your thoughts on bringing him back? What's your answer to that question? All right, on the spot, <laughs> I would say. Hey, a fan question, man. That's how it works. Okay, so I just saw, who was it that just got released from Denver today? AJ Bouye. Yeah. So I've always, this is my thought process, is I want to bring in more pass rush, right? So me and you have talked, had discussions about a J.J. Watt. I'm sure there's thousands to millions of other Packer fans out there that think the same thing. Yeah, I want to bring in more pass rush. If it's J.J. Watt, if it's trading for another guy, that's what I want to do. And then we just sign a veteran corner that's going to do his job. If that's Kevin King, then that's Kevin King. But I want Kevin King to know this if somehow, some way he gets this message. You're not going to get paid that much money, buddy. I know you go on Instagram and you put your little hashtag and you put hashtag 100 mil. You're not getting anywhere near that, bud. I'm sorry. If Kevin King comes back, he has to come back on a team-friendly deal. He, My heart hurts right now because he, he had a couple bad plays, right, that cost us the game, and it feels like that at least. And he got toasted against the 49ers last year. In both games, he got toasted. I mean, it was really a lot of the rush defense in the championship game. But in that first regular season game, they went at Kevin King. And Kittle absolutely ate him alive. Just on crossing routes. Two crossing routes. I remember. Don't worry, people. I remember. <laughs> but he has had good moments, right? Like, he, he hasn't been all bad. I mean, He's he was a second red zone corner. Right. He, he, was a, he was a second round pick when we could have drafted T.J. Watt. So that hurts. Right, because we see what TJ Watts turned into. He's going up for Defensive Player of the Year award, and maybe could have won it, you know. But if he comes back, I will say he has to come back on a team-friendly deal, or I would like to come see us get a veteran corner at a at a league minimum price, like a, a veteran starting corner. We could run back out there with Sullivan, see what he could do with the new defensive coordinator, see if that changes things for him. You know, like I said, I feel like a lot of our our mishaps were play calls you know we're doing we're sagging eight yards off on a a third and, and four there's no reason for that of course Jared Goff with a broken thumb is going to be able to complete that that just shows me that any backup quarterback can complete that that's all that shows because Jared Goff is not that good he's okay and we get a beat up on him twice a year now because he's on the Lions but that I just think the new defensive coordinator we're gonna have to give it a chance I say we bring in a veteran corner I'm not against bringing Kevin King back though but right now, it's like when it's like when you make a joke, right? Too soon, yeah. Seems too soon to talk about it. 
All right, so this is my thought as far as the Packers cornerback situation goes. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like Kevin King back Mm -hmm. only as a third option. I would like him, or as as a third corner, I mean. What I want is I want one of three guys, and that's A.J. Bouye, who you brought up, Patrick Peterson, and Xavier Rhodes. One of those three guys. If they can get one of those three, and then Kevin King will come back on a team-friendly deal to be our third corner, that I like the thought of very, very much. Pat P. I love Patrick Peterson, man. I would be all for that. He's basically my AJ Green, what AJ Green is to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you, you said it multiple times, you know, a veteran corner, a veteran corner, a veteran mm-hmm. corner. Those three guys have experience being one of the best corners in the league. All three of yeah. them do. Xavier yeah. Rhodes was great in Minnesota. He had a really good year in Indianapolis, and their defense was very much improved. I mean, adding to Forrest Buckner helps, but um yes. And Leonard, their linebacker, is really good. But um, Xavier Rhodes is a pretty good cornerback this year. And then Patrick Peterson, he's pro bowler. Everybody knows who Patrick Peterson is. And A.J. Bouye. People forget that just five or six years ago how good the Texans' defense was with their corners that they had, and A.J. Bouye was one of them. Um, And then he was was on the Jaguars and the Texans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. the Jaguars had Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye. Yeah, he was absolutely monster on the Jaguars. That was the year that I think they went to the AFC Championship. Yep, 2017. Yeah, because they had Calais Campbell, too. So that defense that defense was really good. Um, yeah, that team was that team was good. Um, we'll see. I'm starting to see questions about Desmond King, Troy Hill from the Rams um, coming over with uh, the defensive – I can see that. That is a good possibility. Um, I'm going to ignore the Josh Jackson comment because I don't care for Josh Jackson. <laughs> um, I think Josh Jackson can be gone. That's what I think. Uh, yep. I had a, it was it was the guy that asked us about Kevin King. He said Kevin King could go and Josh Jackson could be a solid third corner if we added a veteran cornerback. Uh, if we're talking a third corner after. Uh, signing a veteran cornerback, I would rather have um, Jandon Sullivan be our third corner. If I'm being completely honest, I would rather have Kadar Holman above Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson, you, you said it the other day when we were talking about it, you said it very well that Josh Jackson never caught up to NFL speed. Yeah. And that's that's he, a perfect way to look at it. He just never his – his eyes never caught up. He just he didn't get it. He's just one of those guys, and it is what it is. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a bummer because there that year that we drafted Jair and Josh Jackson, um, yeah. Josh Jackson was projected to be our first round pick, yeah, I know. and then we drafted Jair, and I'm like, oh okay, all right, we got Jair Alexander, and then we got Josh Jackson with our second round pick, and I was like, <sighs> but he just he just didn't pan out. Um, we had another question. We're gonna we're getting into some draft questions here now. What about cutting Kirksey and drafting Jake Hansen if, in the third or fourth if there? So I think it's a little too early to get into draft questions, being that it's February. The draft is in, what, July? So um, 
don't know. I think it might be a little too early to talk about drafting just because I think free agency is going to be a bigger deal. Um, this is something that I've said multiple times is that as we get into the later stages of Aaron Rodgers' career, we need to start valuing proven veteran talent over draft picks and, you know, what could be. Um, we need to kind of push the draft and develop thing away for a little bit and really convert into a win-now mentality. J.J. Watt is one of those guys. All those three cornerbacks that I brought up are those guys. Um, you know, it's a situation like that where, yes, there are talent in the draft. There is talent in the draft, and there's guys that can slide in and be NFL starting ready. It's just I think you look at the free agent pool, and there's a far, you know, bigger group to pick from as far as um, NFL ready starting talent is concerned. I don't know if you agree or here's the thing. I'm not drafting middle linebacker. Okay. I feel like our middle linebackers are just, just fine. Kirksey played, played really good for us actually when he was on the field, Barnes showed flashes. And even though Martin was missing tackles, he still showed, that he had the had the speed to be an NFL middle linebacker. He's he's got the nose for the ball for sure. Yes. So I'm not drafting middle linebacker, and I understand why people want to because you know we just watched the Buccaneers on Sunday, which was an awful game to watch. Have two middle linebackers, and they they just play two middle linebacker two linebackers all game, so they really play like a four two five, and then they could just dominate. So I understand why people want us to draft another to draft a linebacker to get one of those dominant ones, but. Guys, we don't find Devin White's in the draft, especially at 29. <laughs> it doesn't happen. If you if you want a Devin White, you draft him in the top 10. It's it is what it is. Especially now that pe- that he is so popular, all teams are going to be looking for the next Devin White. So, what I would draft, and I'm being completely serious about this, I would draft a right tackle. If there was an offensive tackle that was in the that was in this draft that was coming in and you were like, oh, "Okay, this guy's going to be good." That's what I would draft. Because Tyler's talking about, you know, picking up NFL players that are like, you know, win-now mentality. So we go out, we get a corner. We go out, we, we get a J.J. Watt. We bring, in a, we bring in a wide receiver. You know, we, you know the last thing that we have to do? The thing that really killed us in that NFC Championship game? Protect Aaron Rodgers. I know that Wagner held up all year. But in that NFC Championship game he really looked like a guy that didn't get much offers in free agency. He really did. He got his butt whooped by Shaq Barrett all day. And Shaq Barrett dominated the Super Bowl. And Jason Pierre-Paul. Shaq Barrett had the second most pressures in the Super Bowl since 2000. Do you know who who was first? I don't. Uh, dang it. I know his name. He's on the Niners. He was a rookie last year. Jayvon Kilmer? Oh, Nick oh, Wilson. So the last two years the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, they had a defensive end destroy them. So what do you think the Chiefs are going to draft? Probably a tackle. <laughs> so if I was the Packers and all these teams are going off for pass rush and I want the Packers to get better at pass rush, I would draft an offensive lineman, a right tackle to be specific, and I would just set Aaron Rodgers up because Bakhtiari is going to come back next year and hopefully he'll be okay. He'll be the same level that he was. I would not draft linebacker. That's all I'm going to say. So I agree, and I, I like your idea of drafting an offensive tackle strictly because we have so many that are free agents. Um, Wagner's a free agent. Pretty sure Taylor's a free agent. Uh, Corey Lindsley's obviously a free agent. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, 
but I think defense is a place where free agency is better used to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you talk about a guy like um, Josh Jackson, who was drafted, he looked NFL ready, and he just never caught up to it. Yeah. Um, having talent on defense is a place where free agents, I think, are much more valuable than um, drafting. Offense can be the same way, but, I mean, we saw A.J. Dillon last year who had some very, very great games as a rookie, um, and he's just brimming with potential. So I, I agree with your idea of offensive tackle. I think it helps you know, alleviate some of the pressure of having to bring all of those guys back. And if the guy's not ready to start, like if we draft a first-round tackle, we have a guy like Runyon. So, I mean, you could maybe slide him in there. He looked pretty good when he had to play last year when guys were injured. So, I mean, you have options there. Um, you know, And then they can keep a guy around like Veld here or – you know, if, if guys want to come back for team-friendly deals, something like that. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, I had somebody say, if not draft one, then get Trent Williams. Trent Williams. Oof. See, I I was talking to one of my other buddies the other day. I was talking to Jason, by the way. If Jason, you're watching, what's up, buddy? How you doing? And <laughs> we were talking about Trent Williams. He's, and, that's why he, he's the one that commented that, by the way. He is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't – I don't know how expensive he's going to be, but he is super old, and maybe he's just in that mindset that he wants to compete for a ring. Um, I don't – I could see it. I could see going to get a Trent Williams, but we will have to see how the money works. We were talking about the money the other day, Jason and I, about, you know, work, reworking Zadarius, you know, a contract and all this other stuff, and we, we talked about it for 40 minutes probably talking about moving the money around and going to get certain guys, but getting a Trent Williams, if we were able to make moves and get a Trent Williams and stick him at right tackle. Oh boy. Oh boy. The R line would be nasty, dude. So the question came through that I, that asked about cutting Kirksey Um, as far as cutting a guy to save cap. If they get to a point where they're like, Hey, we're trying to trade some guys. They don't want to, you know, nobody wants to offer us anything. I think the guy that you see cut is Preston Smith. He's the most expendable guy on our defense, and he would save us about eight or nine million to cut him. So no. I think if, if we can't trade Preston Smith, I think he's the guy that gets cut over a guy like Kirksey. I made this conclusion the other day, dude. I was just thinking to myself, you know, on the Bucks, who Preston Smith reminds me of? Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez was amazing the first year. Everybody loved him. And now he took uh, – uh, Brooke Lopez has been taking steps back. And Preston's been taking steps back. And everybody's like, oh, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him. And – excuse me, sorry. I was uh, I was on the trade Brooke, right? I was on the trade Brooke train. And I know we're talking about backers, but just hold on for a second. I, I'll come back. I was on the trade Brooke train. And then I started really, really watching Brooke. And, and I found myself just watching Brooke play. And watching the little things that he does. And he sets good screens. And he's been rolling to the basket more. He's been finishing at the rim more. And he does a lot of little things that don't show up in the stat book. And I think that's the same thing with Preston. I think Preston does a lot of things that don't show up in the stats where he sets the edge right. Or he he takes out the fullback so a linebacker can fill the hole and tackle the running back. Preston does a lot of little things good. And I know it's 
we don't see the we expect him to do you know 11 and a half sacks or whatever he had the first year and he didn't do that this last year and really you see uh Rashawn Gary come into the fold and he's getting all these pressures he's leading them to some pressures like two weeks in a row and you're like dude we can save a lot of money why don't we just get rid of Preston and I understand that thinking but I would try to restructure Preston before I just get rid of him. So I think he does, I think he does a lot of little things for us. I really do. For me, I would like to see Preston and maybe a third or fourth round pick sent to Houston for JJ Watt. That's that's what that's my ideal situation regarding he Preston. him for JJ Watt. You won't hear a peep out of me, dog. You won't <laughs> hear a peep. We bring over JJ Watt. Oh, it's a wrap. Yeah, that's that's definitely a move that I think should be at the top of the Packers' priority list. Oh, boy. We get J.J. Watt. We're going to have a lot of talk, smack talk to be talking next year because we are going to destroy people on the front seven. I really firmly believe that. All right. So moving on to probably the least sexy part of football, and that's special teams. Um, Especially if it's our special teams. Jeez. Yeah, they're hopefully – Hopefully, we have some cause for optimism here. The Packers' new special teams coordinator is an in-house hire. His name is Maurice Drayton. Jake, you got anything about Maurice Drayton, the Packers' new special teams coordinator? Um, I don't have much. I just read one little article on him earlier, uh, just talking about how when he was brought in, it was actually J.K. Scott's rookie season, and that was when Scott had a bunch of punts inside the 20, and he had his highest average you know, as a pro, and We'll see. I think this in-house hire, the reason that they just decided to move him up is because they think that he somehow, some way is a J.K. Scott whisperer or something like that, and maybe he can reignite that fire under Scott and make him back into a serviceable hunter. Not that I want him to be able to tackle or anything like that. <laughs> so what I read about Maurice Drayton is that it was basically a matter of time before he got a coordinator's job like this, um, yeah. that he's been kind of poked around and at by other teams. And basically the Packers felt that if they didn't make him their special teams coordinator, that another team was going to do it before them. And then they would lose him from their team. Um, he's been the special teams coordinator uh, assistant for three years in the green, in green Bay. Um, he did a year in Indianapolis before that, but he's actually been a lot of places. Um, yeah. He coached in college in um, South Carolina State. He coached in the Arena Football League. He coached at the Citadel. Um, then he coached football in Finland. That's wild. He coached He coached in Finland. They played games in Sweden and Russia. So he's been everywhere. Imagine going from Finland to Green Bay. <laughs> so, I mean, he's been all over the place. Yeah. Um, so... Um, Matt LaFleur said about him, he said he's an excellent teacher and an excellent communicator. He's got so much energy and enthusiasm and just think he can really elevate our level of play in that area. So we talked about LaFleur saying, you know, or when we talked about coaching, that when we brought in LaFleur, you know, people were kind of questioning it. I would say that after two seasons of both being 13-3 and and being in the NFC Championship in both seasons – I would say that Matt LaFleur has earned my trust, and if Matt LaFleur has confidence in both of these coordinators, that's good enough for me. Um, we'll see what happens with the product on the field. We'll see what happens with personnel. Just had somebody ask, comment about getting a, a return man. 
And maybe that's something they do in the draft. Maybe later in the draft, they grab a, a receiver who um, is fast and sure-handed. Um, you know, maybe it's not necessarily a big guy, but something they can do with that. Um, I will say one return man that we didn't have very much this year was Tyler Irvin. Um, mm-hmm. He used to he would did that role for a while. Um, so we'll see how they address the punt and kick return situations, whether it's free agency or draft. Um, but as far as the coordinators are concerned, you know, they're not, you know, super sexy picks, but um, there are guys that LaFleur trusts. So, like I said, I think that's good enough for me. Me too, man. I just want to bring that big boy trophy back home. 